Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Talk podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and a true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is our continuation of our NBA draft analysis series, and today we're going to look at the Utah Jazz. So Utah only has one pick in this year's draft, which is the 23rd overall pick. So, Jalen, Utah has depth at almost every position. So, is there a position that you think that they should go ahead and target with the 23rd overall pick? Yeah, I mean, no. You know what I mean? Like, in terms of, like, a specific specific position itself, um, no. I mean, I don't think there's anywhere that they necessarily need to address right off the rip. I do think their point guard uh, depth does need a little bit of help. Um, I know Donovan Mitchell handles the ball a lot. I know that they acquired Mike Conley. Um, I know that they also put the ball in a, in, a, in the hands of a guy like Joe Ingles a lot. Um, so maybe, maybe point guard because of the fact that they just kind of need a little bit more depth in the uh, in the bench in terms of having a ball handler. Um, man, I think my biggest thing with that would just be who in the world fits this team in that regard. I mean, I think maybe a guy that you can go for coming off the bench that would be really smart to just plug into this team, Malachi Flynn out of San Diego State, man. 6'1", 6'3", wingspan, 185 pounds, older player, junior coming out of San Diego State, obviously. Overall, just smart, intelligent players. 17.6 points per game. Shot 37% from three, 44% from the floor, four rebounds, five assists. Plays within the uh, the, the molds of the offense. Shot nearly 40% from NBA range, 85% on the year from the free throw line. Um, takes care of the ball relatively well, which means he plays with a lot of control. Um, some of the defensive stats that are a little bit more intriguing. Average nearly two steals per game and had a 90.3 defensive rating um, last season. So I think. I think, you know, homeboy from the Aztecs might be that move. I think Malachi Flynn is a guy who they can instantly put in as a secondary ball handler, um, playing alongside a guy like Donovan Mitchell during spurts. I also think he's a controlled enough point guard to be able to run the second unit if need, uh, if need be because they don't have a ton of depth at that position right now. So I agree with you in the fact that they should get a point guard. I actually think they're going to get someone else. I think they're going to get Theo Maladon from France. I think Maladon's showing a lot of promise coming out of Europe, and he has solid court vision with the ability to become a playmaker. He's also been able to display his quickness on both sides of the floor, and I think he has the, he has the ability to give Utah some solid minutes coming off the bench, and he can learn from guys like Mike Conley. But I wanted to pose a question to you, And I thought about this. I was thinking about this coming into the episode. Because Utah only has one pick, what are the chances that you think Utah could package that pick in a trade with another team to possibly add to the depth of this team? I mean, it just depends on what they feel – they would be able to get in return. I think my – okay, so, like, listen, this is my thing. 
and I, I love the question because it's something that does have to be taken in consideration considering how late the pick is in this year's draft and the fact that it's only the one by itself. So I think the biggest thing is I feel like Mike Conley's the odd man out. He showed a little bit more promise during the playoffs, but during the course of the regular season, there was a lot more growing pains than we expected. I mean, there was a stretch where he couldn't hit the backside of the board when it came to hitting three-point shots, and that was – one of those things that I was just like, oh, man, how in the world can a guy that plays with so much fluidity, plays with so much control, have such a hard time stepping into an offense that kind of needs that guy to anchor things down? So I think it's one of those things where if they can package it with somebody, it would probably be Mike Conley that's the odd man out. The only thing is, if you go ahead and do that, you have to address the point guard position in conjunction to doing that. I don't think there's any way where you can do that while also getting somebody that doesn't feel that need. You have to feel as though if you're trading Mike Conley with a pick, you're getting an upgrade at the point guard position. Otherwise, there's no point in doing it because with that pick, you can have a guy like Mike Conley who's relatively uh, stable and get his backup um, so to speak, with the pick itself. So you would need to go for somebody who's an upgrade. Who in the world is in the market that's an upgrade that would also fit next to this team? That's where stuff gets kind of tricky. But, like, where do you stay on that? So I agree. I think they have a chance that they could package the 23rd pick with Mike Conley. I would probably have to throw in a guy like Royce O'Neal in that deal as well. Um, he's definitely given Utah a lot of solid minutes coming off the bench. Um, I was also thinking about Jordan Clarkson as well, considering that Jordan Clarkson has played relatively well since you, since joining the Utah jazz. But I think Utah may end up retaining Jordan Clarkson, considering how much of an asset he is to the team. So I have to agree with you in the fact that, you know, Mike Conley is probably the odd, the odd man out um, in terms of where they can, where they can execute a trade with the 23rd overall pick of Mike Conley. Jalen, what team do you think could use the 23rd overall pick and even a guy like Mike Conley? Ooh, okay. See, that's another tricky one because, you know, man, it just really comes down to, like, you know, what's available. I mean, I don't necessarily know if they need the 23rd pick, but, I mean, I definitely think the Lakers would – would enjoy the idea of getting a point guard upgrade like Mike Conley, especially with the fact that Rondo might be out the door and they really don't have anybody else on that bench that we trust in terms of the backcourt. Um, I don't know. In terms of the 23rd overall pick by itself, right, maybe you could be able to flip the 23rd overall pick along with somebody that's like, like Joe Ingles, for example, for Eric Gordon? out of Houston, for example, another scoring guard who can also play the three, can handle the ball a little bit, which was a lot of what Joe Ingles was doing. He would be relegated to a little bit more of a bench role, but he would be like L.A. Clippers Eric Gordon again in terms of being like a flamethrower six-man-of-the-year-like candidate, which could be pretty good for them. I just wonder whether or not Houston feels like that's fair enough of a deal. Um. Yeah, man. I mean, we would definitely have to sit down and really go through a lot of trade sims and think of some teams that would really need a guy like Mike Conley. Um, I thought of Houston off the rip out of the fact that they just don't have any draft picks this season. Um, and 
about for a little while in terms of the first round specifically. So being able to move on from a guy like Eric Gordon, who's currently not very happy with his role in Houston, um, being able to go on it, being able to move to a championship contender like Utah still wouldn't necessarily be a starter, but would be able to fulfill his bench role of being the lead guy in the second unit. Um, you get a guy like Mike Conley who might fit a little bit better next to James Harden and you get the 23rd overall pick in the first round, which kind of helps them get an acquired talent um, without having to put a lot of money into it. So maybe for a lesser guy on the roster, like Eric Gordon on the Houston Rockets, um, maybe that could be a guy that you target and target in terms of making moves. But yeah, definitely would have to go through a couple of trade sims and figure that out. Cause I mean, there's a lot of different routes they could go. It just has a lot more to do with like who's available. And I actually agree with you that Houston might be the place to execute a trade with because it seems like everybody wants out of Houston. First, James Harden reports that he wants out of Houston. Russell Westbrook reportedly wants out of Houston. His top trade destination is the Knicks. Um, And then you were just mentioning Eric Gordon. Um, I just think that in order for Houston to really execute a trade, it is is important that they – have value to to give up for the 23rd overall pick um i would probably throw in a guy like daniel house as well uh eric gordon daniel house i think those are two two good players that could really help utah out in terms of depth um i just think it's it's interesting i I'd probably throw in a guy like austin rivers just to add to the depth at the point guard position um but I just think it's interesting just coming up with all with the scenario that there's a chance that Utah could package the pick and trade to or trade it to Houston along with Mike Conley. I feel like the twenty third the twenty third pick has some value to it, um, considering that there's a chance that whoever gets the twenty third overall pick, it's usually a draft steal, um, since there's a lot of great players that were selected in the late twenties. Um, Donovan actually uh not Donovan Mitchell, uh, Rajon Rondo being one of them. Um, if you remember in 2006, he was, I believe, the 22nd overall pick. But, um, yeah, I just think that there's there's some value with the 23rd overall pick, but I think um, the Rockets are going to have I – th- I think that Utah is going to have to decide what they want to package it, package it with to see who can really benefit their team. So I think a big question to ask, though, Ryan, is this, right? Like – Donovan Mitchell's um, extension kicks in this upcoming season. So the clock is on now. I mean, in terms of being a championship caliber team, the clock is on. They've made moves like getting Bogdanovich. They went after Mike Conley, got him. Uh, Have a guy like Joe Ingles, excellent situation with him. Rudy Gobert, he showed that offensively he still is not the kind of contributor you would hope, but he anchors down the defense so well that it's hard to just move on from a guy like that. Here's the question, and maybe it's not necessarily draft-related in terms of what they can do with this 23rd overall pick and whether or not they're asked to be a contributor or not. But this team, I believe, is going to be the team that we see going into next year, um, excluding the idea that there is a offset chance that they will not have a guy like uh, Jordan Clarkson on this team just due to the, the amount of money he might command. But we do we we do know that they did not have Bogdanovich last year, um, this past season, and they were able to get past, uh they were they were just barely 
uh, they were a game away. Let's let's put it that way. They were a game away from moving past the first round in the NBA playoffs this past season. Is this a team as currently constructed with Bogdanovich coming back healthy this time, having Mike Conley for the entirety of the the season rather than just a portion of it on top of the fact that they should have him for the entirety of the playoffs, excluding any potential injury concerns or anything like that. Is this a team built around Donovan Mitchell that has actual championship caliber stance, or is this a team that still is a piece or two away from actually being a part of the, you know, NBA finals picture? I would say that, they are probably a piece or two away. Um, I think with all of the depth, it's it's. I think with all of the depth, they've somewhat contributed. The players off the bench have somewhat contributed almost almost equally as much as the starters. Um, and considering the fact that the Jazz didn't have a guy like Bojan Bogdanovic um, going into the bubble, that could have really helped. Like you were mentioning earlier, get them past uh, the Denver Nuggets in round one. I think if everyone's healthy, that there's a, there's a chance that, you know, they can make a they can make a strong contention for, uh, for for winning the Western Conference. But I think that they still need a piece. Now, depending on where they get that, depending on where they can get that player from, I think that Eric Gordon is probably the the piece that Utah needs in order to really advance past the first round, possibly go to the conference finals um, for the first time in nearly 20 years, because it's been, it's been a very long time since Utah has made the conference finals. So I think like you were saying earlier about the trade scenarios, I think Eric Gordon might end up being that piece that Utah needs in order to really make a splash and go to the, go to the conference finals. I mean, kind of expand on that, right? Because you're talking about them needing a piece. I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I wonder if it's not necessarily adding a piece and inter and, and more so being interchanging. Um, I do have my concerns about Mike Conley. Um, maybe seeing him for the beginning half of this season will tell us a lot more about what his fit next to Donovan Mitchell is on this team. There was a lot of assumption that actually Joe Ingles was fitting a little bit better as the secondary ball handler on this team next to Donovan Mitchell. I do wonder, you know, in terms of the Eric Gordon situation, whether or not that's a guy they might be able to flip into and get a guy like maybe Austin Rivers and Eric Gordon for a guy like Mike Conley, maybe throw in Daniel House and we'll give you the 23rd overall pick, that kind of thing. Um, I think another name that would be kind of interesting in terms of giving another ball handler that could get the, uh, that can give Donovan Mitchell another guy to not only facilitate, but actually be a shot creator Victor Oladipo has been talked about a lot in terms of being a guy who's been on the trade block. Is he a guy who can necessarily fit next to Donovan Mitchell? That'll be the question. We've seen that when he's been on the Orlando Magic or the OKC Thunder and the ball wasn't in his hands nearly as much, he wasn't as much of an overall offensive threat the way we would like him to be. Um, So that is a question as to whether or not he would be able to fit next to a guy like Donovan Mitchell in the starting lineup. But at the same time, giving the team two shot creators at the in the backcourt. They be, they both definitely have very uh, good defensive instincts in the backcourt, so I think that would be huge as well. And they would be probably one of the more dangerous backcourts, not only in the Western Conference, but maybe in the entire league. So 
I think those are a couple of different routes you could go. What you would have to give up for a guy like Victor Oladipo, who's coming very close to the end of um, his contract situation. Um, the value there might not be as high, but then again, maybe it will. And like I said, I think it all depends on what you're asking for in terms of making a a trade for a guy like that, but also um, what's the fit look like. So, um, yeah, I agree with you that I think they're a piece away, but I, I, I do wonder if it has more to do with interchanging a part here or there versus necessarily needing to add another guy because I think they've done really well at adding pieces. I think putting the puzzle together is their biggest issue now. So, Jalen, what do you believe that the philosophy – of the Utah Jazz should be going into draft night? So with the 23rd overall pick, there's no way to really get fancy with it. There's nothing you can really do in terms of being able to take it and, you know, move up. I don't think anybody's going to find the 23rd overall pick that um, amusing unless you're planning on packaging it with a guy like Rudy Gobert or maybe Bogdanovich, for example. So I think if you're stay if you're a team like Utah, who I feel like is just gonna stand pat with the 23rd overall pick and we're not gonna see anything crazy, I think go after going after that point guard depth, that should be the key to the night. Um, there's a lot of interesting guys who can fit in that dynamic. I think Tyro Terry gives them three-point shooting out of Stanford. I think that would be huge. I think Malachi Flynn gives them a very controlled junior point guard out of San Diego State that can come off the bench and be very uh, Fred Van Vliet focused in terms of being a guy who plays very high level defense, can control the offense and just run a second unit to um, to his heart content next to a guy, maybe like Joe Ingles, who can help keep the, uh, the boat afloat. Um, I think another guy like Trey Jones out of Duke might be huge in terms of adding an, an offensive punch um, or a defensive punch with a little bit of offensive flair to this team coming off the bench because he's a guy who can run a second unit. He's a guy who can play in spurts next to Donovan Mitchell. He's a guy who can pass the ball around, get the ball to the uh, spots that it needs to be. And he expanded that three-point shot in his second year with Duke, which means now he can be a three and D threat at the point guard position, which is really huge. Um, for this team because they are they they are right <laughs> if we're talking about you know defensively I think Rudy Gobert is the only guy who pops off the page they are right offensively they got all the tools in the in the toolbox I think the only thing is Rudy's not the greatest down low in terms of being an offensive threat but Donovan Mitchell Bogdanovich Joe Ingles uh, Mike Conley you bring Clarkson back I mean the the, the offensive power powerhouse the offensive overload is through the, through the roof. So I think a guy like Trey Jones adds as defense uh, that's much needed. So go after the point guard. If you're staying pat at 23, that, that sounds like the play. So transitioning to our question of the day for our fans, what do you believe the draft philosophy of the Utah jazz will be going into draft night? This has been a great episode today on the hoop talk podcast. Of course, make sure when you subscribe to us on Apple, you rate our podcast five stars and subscribe to us wherever you get our podcast. We'll see you guys next episode. Peace. Peace.